You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick here today with this episode. We're doing a crossover show with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies talking about where our two franchises stand and who is in a better spot for the future. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans, welcome into the Locked on Rockies podcast for today, the 24th day of August in the year 2022. I am your host of the Locked on Rockies podcast, your Rockies fan extraordinaire, Paul Holden, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies talk right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find your team every day. Today on Locked On Rockies, we are crossing over with Locked On Rangers. Bryce Patrick joins us now. Bryce, welcome in to the Locked On Rockies. Well, we're doing the crossover. I should have done the more combo <laughs> intro, but you know what? We're, we're here, uh, hopefully going to provide you a lot more entertainment from the Rockies side than if you're watching the game that is currently happening. Whereas Bryce, you might, you must be, uh, enjoying yourself right now as the uh, Rangers continue to be up nine to nothing against the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. When the Rangers went up to nothing, by the way, thanks for having me listen to your show. I really love that intro. It's very funky, very fun, you know, kind of like gets, you, gets you in a good mood. Mine is more power ballot kind of, you know, <laughs> southern country power whatever um but like yeah no when the rangers went up to nothing in like the first inning i thought okay well i got martin perez on the hill like he's doing really well maybe that's enough it is course like maybe a couple more runs and then they drop a seven bomb in the second inning. i'm like i i think that might be enough it might be i'm not sure it is still course but uh yeah, and it's kind of wild they kept doing it with singles and walks. But yeah, it was much more fun than last night's game. I wasn't watching much of it until I got home. Then I went and rewatched the fun parts of it because as I was on the road uh, home from playing, get some games with some friends, catching up. And here, there's a three-run bomb on the radio <laughs> from CJ Crone, the noted Rangers killer. They were literally just talking about it. Old Eric Nadell and company were just talking about how he was a Rangers killer for his career. And, you know, he lived up to his name. But uh but yeah, uh, I, I missed all the fun parts and just got the sad parts. <laughs> well, let's start here. Perez probably is is Perez the bright, the best, brightest spot on on this rock. Uh, not Rockies, that's that Rangers rotation. Really dominant year. I mean, John Gray has been good too, but unfortunately hasn't been able to kind of stay off the IL this year. Back on it with his uh, his third stint. But but Perez, not only is he dominating the Rockies, he's been dominating. Seems like everybody this year. Yeah, he has been the feel-good story. This He finally got 10 years of big league service time. Uh, I think in, during his last start, he was kind of the – the uh, what's the the parable? I think of the, the wayward son, the the whatever. I, I can't think of the actual name of it. But the, the, the son who prodigal spends son? all his – the prodigal son, that's what it is. He, he went away, but he wasn't, you know – that great when he was here, he had a lot of expectations thrust upon him, maybe that weren't fair. A lot of, you know, comparisons to like Johan Santana because he was a lefty and he had a nice change up and he was from Venezuela. So I was like, oh yeah, let's compare him to that, which was not fair. And he mm -hmm. wasn't that, but he's been really darn good for the Rangers coming back a career best year. It's been fantastic. I mean, John Gray, it, it's funny because we talked about it 
a couple of times we've done some crossovers. He had two IL stints in his first three starts, but then he was healthy. He was very healthy. And for the month of June and July, he was absolutely fantastic. And there was a moment I thought it was going to be worse than it was. I was I'm still a little concerned with his the health of his elbow because he throws so many sliders. He's throwing a whole bunch of them now. And that is not super friendly on your elbow. The guy who just throws pretty much fastball slider does have the curveball and change up. He'll mix in occasionally, but pretty much it's just that fastball slider combo. And he's on the IL with a uh, left. Uh, it's a, a side injury, an oblique injury. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard any updates since he went on the IL. It feels like, well, I think it was the very beginning of August that he last pitched, but he was finding his groove. He had some really, really nice games. He's striking out a bunch of hitters, able to go six, seven innings fairly consistently, not get a bunch of runs. And, you know, other than that, the, the back end of the Rangers rotation has been a real question mark. They're kind of finding some guys. Glenn Otto was not supposed to be up, but he is kind of filling a role. Been a Fine, serviceable number five starter. Cole Reagan's the great story. A guy who had two Tommy John surgeries before he turned 21, made his major league debut against the White Sox and went five uh, innings without an earned run. And has been, you know, not super great in the rotation since then. But like with John Gray out, Dane Dunning, the only like the third guy who you feel even semi comfortable as a starter on a decent team, the Rangers have kind of had to make do with what they've got. And I'm curious, and we talked before the year because we, we want to. We talked about the John Gray thing, and I kind of got your pulse with you know the Rangers were making all these deals, making spending all this money, but you were kind of good at the beginning of the year to say this is a lot, but it's still not going to be the. They're not bam right in it right now. There's still too many things to get there. So I'm curious, how has this season gone from your perspective as a Rangers fan? Would you say? You, you kind of feel the same you, way you did in the preseason and, and going through. Are you a little bit more down on the Rangers, a little more high on the Rangers? Because uh, if you're looking for my mind, I'm more down on the Rockies uh, now than I was uh, in, in the preseason. But I'm curious how, how you feel about the Rangers. Well, I, I feel the exact same way. And I've, I think that's been the most frustrating thing with the fan base and with ownership that made all these huge moves last week of, you know, making a show of stomp around and prove it. I'm a big guy. Look at me, blah, 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 blah. And one of the things that pissed me off is the answer in the press conference that, hey, you, you signed on for a rebuild because the Rangers probably should have rebuilt after 2018. They were coming off a 95 loss season. Adrian Beltre had literally just retired and they bring in Chris Woodward and they pretty much get the mandate that you you got to try and compete. And for the first half of 2019, they were. Joey Gallo was on a, a tear. Hunter Pence was fantastic. Somehow they got uh, Danny Santana to play like an all-star. Like, And they had two really great pitchers at the top of that rotation, and Lance Lynn and Mike Miner both had seven-plus war seasons, according to baseball reference. But Joey Gallo got hurt and didn't play pretty much – when he did play, he wasn't healthy and he wasn't good in the second half of the year. Hunter Pence didn't play much the second half of the year. They still had only two spots really in their rotation and a whole lot of nothing after that. Um, but they only just last year actually said the words rebuilding. Like even in 2020, they were trying to make moves. They traded for Corey Kluber, like and right. coming off of that season, and they didn't bring Hunter Pence back. It was like, okay, you still need a lot more to compete, and so. 
they did do a lot. They did bring in two superstars. They did bring in John Gray. They did bring in Martin Perez, who was just supposed to be a back end the rotation guy, turned into an all star, and that's been fantastic. They really do need to resign him like tomorrow or now or like in the middle of this inning. Um, but that's going to be priority number one in the offseason, as well as some more pitching. But it just felt like everyone throwing a temper tantrum that this team didn't go from 100 losses. They lost 102 games last year. First time they lost 100 since the 70s, literally their second year in Texas. That's 50 years. And they're like, why aren't you immediately in the playoffs? And it's like, yeah, they're better, but they have a long way to go. They need like probably two or three more starting pitchers before and another bat before this is like, all right, you can actually start to realistically expect this team to be a playoff team. Yeah, that was the one thing when I was looking ahead of this series. I was like, there are interesting pieces. They got some stuff, but that that rotation does kind of fall off. And I, you know, you used to be able to say about the Rockies rotation, but I think the Rockies rotation has just regressed as a whole. And they've expressed trying commitment into player a back end of a rotation that isn't that good. They've had hot streaks. They've Bud Bud Black has gone on, and, I, and a lot of people kind of might roll their eyes because I lean on this a lot. But Bud Black a couple weeks ago said that this is a playoff caliber rotation. And Bryce, I'm just curious if a rotation of Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, Chad Cool, and Jose Arena is what you would call a playoff caliber rotation. Well, last year, like you could kind of squint and see it. I really like Kyle Freeland. I really like Herman Marquez. I think both those guys are really solid. Uh, I don't know much about Gomber, but he's looked really good once he's come in um, after Arania got blown up. I mean, uh, Sensatella is a – I really do think he's a decent pitcher. Cool seems like a half-decent pitcher. Um, but, again, I haven't can't say that I watched the Rockies too closely. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that uh, playoff caliber rotation. And I, I get confused because I was doing some research for – the Rangers and payroll stuff, and we can maybe put a pause on this. Um, but, but later on, I want to talk about how the Rockies have such a high payroll when they are such a confusing, confusing team. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, we can dive into that, Bryce. Let's dive into that because I want to talk about different front office philosophies and things like that as well. But before we do that, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, you lose your job, you can total your car. What if you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. And Bryce, we were talking about uh, you wanted to dive into high payroll for the Rockies, why they aren't uh, performing. It's just when you look at the money, when you look at the commitments the Rockies make, and then you pair it with just a confusing lack of true direction in the front office, it doesn't all make sense. I'm curious, would you rather have Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber on your team right now or Chris Bryant? Hmm. 
I think I'd rather have Chris Bryant. Honestly, I okay. think I do. Because the Rockies could have gotten both Kyle Schwarber and Castellanos for less than what they've paid for Chris Bryant. Obviously, less years. You're clogging up your outfield and their stuff there. But the Rockies then look to commit to some of their players, which are fine foundational pieces, but they commit to Herman, uh, uh, you know, your Senses, your Freelands, your McMahons, all these players that are all fine, but none of them are kind of as groundbreaking as much as, say, a third baseman that you had locked down for eight years and uh, had a deal already in place. to build. If you make that deal and build around that player and other players that the Rockies used to have and you're spending that high level of money, you can kind of see. Now it's the Rockies committing to players that are fine but not necessarily going to put you over the edge. I mean, I like Ryan McMahon. I like Kyle Freeland. Like you, like you mentioned, I like these players. I don't think they got super overpaid, but that's what the Rocky, the Rockies are committing to, you know, the usual, which is par for the course. If you want to get a job in the front office of the Rockies, you just got to start on the bottom rung and then you're just going to get promoted from within and then promoted from within because the Rockies only promote from within. They, it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, the, the new head of their analytics department, video coordinator the new gm used to be the former head of scouting i mean it's all kind of par for the course if you're committed if you've shown loyalty to the rockies then uh, you know it's a big deal to them unless you're john gray who they got mad at for seeking another deal even though that's the entire point of free by the way i do i do have to commend and applaud the rockies in a sarcastic a very sarcastic way <laughs> for not giving him a qualifying offer because that meant the rangers could have a fourth round pick a fourth round pick which the rangers used to get a guy who is already in the mlb pipeline top 100 prospects now Granted, he was a first-round talent. He probably would have fallen to the fifth round, um, but it would have been much more difficult to, you know, maneuver their bonuses to go ahead and get that guy in Brock Porter. But um, yeah, just just a real, real round of applause. So the Rangers didn't have to lose three compensation picks, as opposed to just the two: one for Corey Seager and one for Marcus Simeon. That it doesn't. The way the Rocky, I, the Rockies must have just sat there and said it's a slam dunk, no doubt about it, on their end that they thought John Gray was coming back. But you have to cover your bases, and, it, and especially when you get to the end of it last year. It doesn't hurt year. anything. It yeah, no, it doesn't hurt, hurt anything at all. And, it, and and especially when it was when the deal wasn't done before last season ended. That's when I knew the issue was was a, a bigger deal. And then the offseason kept going, and you're like, why has John Gray not re-signed with the Rockies yet? They want him. He wants to be there. What is going on? And Bam. I mean, you should literally have just offered the same contract that the Rangers offered. You can pay that. And I would take John Gray over Chad Cool and Jose Urania all day. Because guess what? When you look at the strikeout totals, John Gray was the Rockies pitcher that was doing the striking out. Herman Marquez has regressed insanely this year when it comes to strikeout. This new pitching coaching and everything, new pitching philosophy the Rockies took into this year is a massive mistake because this team is near the bottom in all pitching categories, and they are last in striking batters out. And the Rockies just can't do that. The Rockies' pitch-to-bat pitch to, uh, uh, philosophy is is fine. I kind of get it. But you know what you need to be able to do? Strike batters out. The Rockies are the only team in the major leagues that don't have a pitcher that has gotten a 10 strikeout game this year. The this Rangers year, especially. Are, the, the Rangers have won. The Rangers are close because they don't strike a lot of batters out either. Their best pitcher, Martin Perez, is the guy who pitches the contact. Now, Grant, he's got seven Ks through five innings so far today. Um, but Dane Dunning, another pitch-to-contact guy. Len Otto is just kind of a, well hope you can get out sky spencer howard was a 
pitch to home run guy um, as a starter. That is that experiment is pretty much over. Um, but yeah, for the most part, and and even in a couple of starts, Kohei has actually gotten a couple more strikeouts than I thought, which is like any. But the fact that they're down to Kohei Arihara is kind of a sign of where where their team is. But I do want to give him credit. He has been like exa- way more than the Rangers could have asked in his only two starts since he's been called back up and he's probably going to stay up um, until John Gray is healthy again. But yeah, the Rangers are not striking out a lot of batters either. They need to bring in two top of the line guys for their rotation next year to kind of think, okay, this can actually squint and see a playoff team next year because right now I love Martin Perez and he's been really good, but you can't have a rotation full of guys that are just pitch to contact guys. That's why I love John Gray. And I hope that he can get back healthy and be mostly healthy next year. He's at 103 innings on the year so far. I was hoping for like 150 out of him. I really, I don't see any way that that happens um, unless he comes back like tomorrow. And even (laughs) then it might still be a bit of a stretch. It's in, I got to say, Dane Dunning, one of my favorite baseball names. That's a great baseball name. It's interesting. The, the Rangers are kind of in a similar situation as the Rockies where their division is really good. I mean, the Angels are the, the one team that should be better than the exception. But both the Mariners and, of course, the Astros have, have been really, really great. And one of the things that we're going to see next year is the changing of the schedules and teams – playing uh all outside the uh their division and i want to ask uh bryce what your thoughts on the impact that will have on the rangers but before we do that little tease for you because you can get in on all the action at betonline.net how is that going to impact the lines next year well you can know all of your sports betting action at betonline.net because it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports. Yes, that's right, even the esports and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, sports scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts so this is something bryce that i was excited about this is something i think rockies fans will benefit from this is something that will make the season a little bit more enjoyable for me i can i i I see some hesitations but for those that don't know next year the changes coming to the schedule is every team is going to play every team at least once so really the big thing that you're going to see a ton of a, t- a lot less division games. And for me as a Rockies fan, I'm singing yippee, yippee, skippy. I am so excited. But I can see other people that it's like, ah, I'm kind of bummed. I, those, I, I, I hate to do it, but I'm bummed we'll have less Red Sox Yankees. I don't know how it's possible that you can have less Red Sox Yankees because it's on TV every single chance it can be. But Bryce, I'm curious your thoughts on the new schedule and what the new schedule rules mean for the Rangers. Well, I'm excited because that first month of the season, the Rangers, well, they start, they start the season. They do have a finally an opening day game at home. And it's yeah, opening day, not the first it's a brand one. New stadium, it's right? been forever. There was supposed to be this year. Well, I mean, they kind of did it to themselves. Freaking ownership. The Rangers were owners. I'm pretty sure were the ones that were most like, all right, let's let's make sure we don't delay the season. Let's make sure we don't delay the season. Please don't delay the season. And 
you know what? They delayed the season because it was supposed to start at home with a series against the Yankees. You get to show off all your new guys. You get to show off your Corey Seager. You get to show off your probably opening day starter at that point, I think was going to be John Gray. I, yeah, it wasn't. It, it was John Gray. I think I think it was, uh, but he was going to be the home opener against the Yankees. You also have Marcus Simeon, all those guys. And you're like, look at us. You get to play against the Yankees. They probably would have gotten clobbered. Um, they still ended up getting clobbered in Toronto <laughs> that first weekend too. Um, but the Rangers for outside of outside of Philly and well, Baltimore is going to be a problem now and ending, ending the month with a four game home series against the Yankees. The middle of that month looks, looks real nice. I mean, they get to go on the road to uh, well, Houston, but they get to go on the road to Cincinnati, the Royals and the Cubs. That's that's a pretty nice way to start off your your season. They've got some road series against some pretty bad teams. Honestly, they get to go um, into Pittsburgh. They get to go into Detroit. They get to go on the road to the Nationals. Like this is not too bad as I'm looking at it for these road series. Now they do end the season with a three game series on the road at la against the dodgers and then sandwich in between two series against the mariners which is going to be a pain in the butt but like i like the playing every other team i like that especially in road to the show i'm still playing road to the show 20 my guy is been on the rangers it's the year 2030 the rangers are in the world series for the 10th time in a row playing against pittsburgh pirates and it's the first time that my guy has ever played in pittsburgh <laughs> in his career because the only time that happens is whoever i'm playing in the world series so uh i might have to get a new uh road to the show or mlb the show game so that i can have my guy hit home runs in every single ballpark because he's already at i think 800 career home runs in his 10-year career <laughs> <laughs> Well, for the Rockies, uh, not as much of a friendly start. Starting in San Diego, uh, get a little break with Washington, but all in March and April for the Rockies. It is you play San Diego, St. Louis, Philly, Cleveland, uh, a quick set against the Dodgers, Seattle, and Arizona now as well. That's pretty tough. And then you you follow that up in May with Milwaukee, the Mets, uh, Philly. And then I wish I could say the Marlins, but the Rockies are just prolifically bad against the Marlins. So I'm excited for it, too. I mean, I just think I think this is a great way for you to learn more about the game. I know maybe are you worried about the 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 lack of division games and the lack of division rivalries and stuff like that? Again, for me, that hasn't mattered since the Rocky. It mattered. It's mattered a handful of times. When the Rockies were tied with the Dodgers going down the stretch there a couple of years ago and the tiebreaker game and all that stuff and a couple of other handfuls of time. But more often than not, it's like I'm, I do grow tired of always tuning in. It's like, oh, great. Here's a 17 game set against the Padres, the Diamondbacks, <laughs> the Dodgers and the Giants. Like, yippee. <laughs> yeah, no, I think. I think Rockies fans can definitely resonate with Rangers fans because for the longest time I did a whole show about this a couple weeks ago. Um, but like in baseball rivalries, there's not, there's not that many anymore. I mean, the Padres and Dodgers is kind of foreign, but even then, like it still feels like the Dodgers kill them every time. Like Yankees, Red Sox, I get the hate and it's kind of annoying that it's on there every time, but like there is some like genuine hatred and bad blood. And um, at the bottom feeders version of that is the pirates and the reds, who I believe have a brawl at least once a year scheduled or otherwise. Um, but the Rangers, like even when the Astros came division, it's been one of the teams has been terrible. One of the teams have been great. 
the Astros came in in 2013. The Rangers were right at the peak of their powers. 2015 and 16 was really great rivalry. The Astros were at the up and coming part of their their curve of finishing off their 18 years of tanking, and the Rangers were coming off of uh, coming down off of their their pedestal, but. Ever since then, it's been the Astros have been great and the Rangers have been trash. And so, like, they're the only team that's anywhere close to the Rangers geographically. Like, the next closest team, I believe, is Kansas City, which is like an eight to, I think, 11 hour drive and like a two hour flight. And the Rockies are smack dab in the middle of, well, there's no one close to them. I think the the, the Arizona, that's it. Arizona's kind of close, but it's not even that close. Like, there's not like a whole bunch of like Diamondbacks fans that like you work with. And that's one of the things that I love about like college football and like even the NBA, like there are like three teams in Texas. So like, you know, you know, some Houston fans, you know, some San Antonio fans or like college football, like even like no matter what state you're in, like you got Colorado and Colorado state and whoever else their rivals are. They're like people, that you know, they're fans of their teams. You can talk trash with, but like, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I know some Astros fans, but it's like, okay, yeah, the Rangers suck right now. Like, congratulations on your your crap talking. And I'm sure there's a bunch of Californians that are moving to Colorado and they're like, right. oh, look, the Dodgers are wiping the floor. It's like, okay, it's not really a rivalry. It's just a beatdown. Like, yeah. that's that's the thing. It's like the Rockies' rival would be Arizona. And folks, I'm I let's be real. In the world of sports lore. Rockies Diamondbacks <laughs> isn't gonna really send shivers down your spine at some. Man, I am looking forward you know to the I mean? Sunday night baseball Rockies Diamondbacks. Yeah, Please exactly. Give, like, and give again, me one of those. Honestly, like Rockies have never won it. the division. I mean, that's you know they've never won the NL West. In their next year, the big thing that they're it's their thirtieth year. The Rocky, it's thirty years, and the Rockies have not won the division, and frankly have been very far away from winning the division more often than they've been close to winning the uh the the division so i think this is good and i think it's going to be a good way and and sub out some of these division matchups sure for some late postseason matchups that could be really interesting that you might not see some division matchups or even a little world series action there you know might be kind of nice uh, just a little world series preview with with some al teams matching up with some nl teams at different points of the year and championships yeah, I mean the Rangers have a four game or three game series against the Cardinals, who outside outside of the Astros are honestly the team that I hate the most because uh, of how close fought that Rangers World Series win was in 2011. Um, yeah, it would have been I would have hated them even more if the Rangers had lost that in some heartbreaking fashion. Uh, but that didn't happen in my mind. So, uh, <laughs> but I still do hate them for it because other people see it differently. <laughs> Well, Bryce, let's wrap things up here. Uh, Rangers still very much in control of the game as of recording. So the Rangers looks like are going to get one win against the Rockies, but we'll finish one and three against the Rockies uh, this season. But uh, Bryce, closing thoughts, anything else uh, here about the Rangers before we uh, we sign off? Well, uh, a nice middle finger to the Rockies for the you know throwing a fork in the Rangers' home opening uh, series. Kind of forgot about how much of a pain in the butt that was, but uh, thanks for the reminder there. I was like, oh yeah, that's the first time they played the Rockies. Nope, nope, they had a yep. two-game series that sucked earlier. This one is ended up being half okay, um, but best of luck to you. I always root for the Rockies. They're beautiful stadium, great fans and long suffering franchises like mine know what it's like to have a team that makes you want to tear your hair out. So hat tip to you Rockies nation. Um, best of luck to you. 
You can find uh, me at Paul Holding 33. You can find at Locked On Rockies on Twitter as well. Subscribe on YouTube for the Rockies side. Bryce, where should they go if they want to stay up to date with the Rangers? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube. Locked On Rangers, folks, go subscribe to Locked On Rockies. Help Paul out trying to get him over that 1,000 subscriber hump. Got some great show. If you like some long-suffering Rockies fan, great content. This guy has got you covered. Absolutely. And folks, you can stay up to date with all things in the world of Major League Baseball with the Locked On MLB podcast, because now that you made this your first listen of the day, you can go make that your second listen. But folks, until next time, this is Paul Holden saying so long for the Locked On Rockies podcast. And on behalf of Bryce Patrick, the Locked On Rangers.